Welcome to Art Life Conversations, where we talk about all things art life, from the struggles and the wins along the way, to making art, learning, and art history, to talks on business, career, and selling art. No matter where you are on your art journey, here you'll find inspiration, encouragement, and motivation as Kelly shares the real life of a working artist. And now, your host, Kelly Folsom. Welcome back to another Art Life Conversations podcast. I am your host, Kelly Folsom. I'm a fellow artist and teacher and mentor and writer or author. And I'm super excited, and podcast host. Hello. <laughs> trying to get my sticky note here to stick. Okay. Okay, come on now. You can do it, sticky note. Okay. <laughs> okay. Just so that I don't forget my main tips I want to share with you today. So, um, this is a good example of hashtag done is better than perfect, right? Don't be a perfectionist. Go for progress. All right. So in today's podcast, I wanted to talk to you about finding your artistic voice. And I'm going to give you three tips to help you find your artistic voice. Um, a lot of times people, I think, use the word style find your style uh, and kind of tie that together with finding your artistic voice. But I, I think that they're, you know, very different from one another. And I would concentrate more on finding your artistic voice. Your style can actually evolve as your voice can do as well. But I think with our artistic voice, there are some, some basically some core fundamental things that will most likely always be there for us throughout the course of our lifetime as an artist. And just to let you know too, I do have a whole step-by-step -step course and journey that I created and laid out for artists. And so if you're interested in that and taking the Finding Your Artistic Voice course, you can actually purchase that directly, all the cart on my website, artlifewithkelly.com, or um, in February, we will be doing a live run through of this course together. And so as a member of the Art Life School in February, you can, you can get the course for, basically it's included with your membership as is the live uh, run through of the course and the live support, additional support that you would get from me through the course in February. Okay, so, for me, this was one of the first key things as an artist that really perplexed me and that I really started thinking about a lot. Even in my first year as a beginning art student, this is something that I would contemplate a lot. Like, who am I as an artist? What kind of art do I want to create? Um, you know, and, and it was a little bit of a confusing journey, right? Um, so I want to share with you things that I learned along the way. I kind of put myself through this own process. Obviously, this is not the entire process, but a few really good things for you to consider and to explore. Um, so the first tip is really just giving yourself time, right? Giving yourself time to explore yourself. Now, for me, I had enrolled in art school. I really went into like monk mode, right? For four years. <laughs> so I gave myself four years to explore myself and to explore my art really uninterrupted, a very immersive experience, okay? And that was part of why I was able to 
uh, really get so grounded as an artist, grow my skill set, also discover my own artistic voice in the course of those four years. Now, for a lot of artists out there, right, like you, you don't have that option. You don't have the option to go enroll in art life, in art school, for example, and maybe you know devote and dedicate four years. I know many of you artists are still um, working full time jobs, or you are now trying to pursue your um, your art uh, your art life on the side as a side hustle or as a side. Um, hobby or also balance your your work and your life and your family life and family obligations and, and duties I don't like that word obligations but um, anyways um, with pursuing being an artist right so sometimes that can be one of the most challenging aspects is just being able to give yourself time to explore yourself especially whenever you feel like oh I have such limited time just to paint and to grow my skill set. I don't have time to explore myself as an artist. You really can't afford not to do that, right? Um, because a lot of times what causes, um, what can cause a lot of um, ruts in us as artists is because we're not, we're, we're maybe putting all of our time just into creating the thing, creating the, the finished product, the painting or the pottery or the sculpture. Um, or the drawing, but maybe we're not taking enough time to really go inside and to contemplate. Um, a great way to do this, I think, is if you've ever heard of Julia Cameron's The Artist's Way, that is a phenomenal book. Um, I highly recommend it. And um, that is pretty much the point of the whole book, is giving yourself time to explore yourself um, through the morning pages and really through the artist's date. So the artist date is like, you're not actually creating any, you, well, you may or may not. Yeah. You're not actually creating art, right? But you're taking yourself out on an outing by yourself. Cause so many of us are constantly surrounded by others. Um, whether it's other artists, whether it's, um, children, grandchildren, family, friends, our partners, right? And so it's when we're constantly surrounded by other people, we're constantly getting all of this um, incoming information, conversation, everybody else's thoughts and ideas. And that was also one of the challenging things about being in art school too, was like looking at everybody else around me and paying attention to everybody else and what they were doing. And the danger with that, of course, is like, oh, well, maybe we start to just try to do what everybody else is doing and then we lose out on who we authentically are as an artist. So for me, even whenever I was in art school, I would take hours, I would take hours just to journal and to write and then look at art and study art and think about it like, okay, just paying attention, what do I like, you know, and oh, that's actually getting into tip number three, so I'll hold off on that. But basically just taking the time to do this exploration, to really do this contemplation and inquisitive, you know, internal meditating and thinking on who you are as an artist. Um, all right, so first is just giving yourself the time, plain and simple. You're not going to be able to find it if you don't give yourself the time. And this kind of time to find your artistic voice is not always creating time. So keep that in mind as well. I know a lot of times as artists, it's like head down, create, 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 just keep creating. That's the only important thing. And I don't think that that's true. I think that there's actually a lot of other things that are 
as important, maybe sometimes even more important, that take a lot of time investment. Um, okay, so tip number two is just really paying attention to what you're naturally good at, right? So this was something for me, and again, if I would have judged myself based on all of the other artists in art school, um, then I may not have really leaned into this, right? Um, but one thing, just for example, one thing for me that came really naturally was I, I really enjoyed working a la prima. I really enjoyed doing small paintings. I really enjoyed painting quickly. I found it really difficult and really challenging to work very slow on a piece. I am a and you know, that's another thing, just learning about yourself, right? Taking personality tests, for example. Um, one test I took was the Colby test and it was, I'm a fast action person. So I don't do like to do a ton of research, but I like to take fast action. That also means that maybe um, I'm not so great with long-term projects, right? Like maybe that's more of a weak spot for me, or um, maybe I'm not so great with um, a lot of details and a lot of planning, but I'm really good at big picture thinking, right? Or bigger concepts. So really taking time to learn about yourself. And, um, you know, you don't have to take tests to tell you that, but it can help sometimes because sometimes, sometimes we just maybe don't see ourselves clearly um, and sometimes too, maybe we're listening to too much what other people are saying about us or what they think or their observations are about us. And those may or may not be totally accurate, right? Um, so for example, as a kid, you know, I was often kind of accused as like being lazy because I didn't like to do menial tasks like cleaning the baseboards or cleaning every inch of the stove and getting the, the stove perfectly clean, right? Um, but the truth be told is like, no, I, I'm not somebody who likes doing menial, laborious, very detail-oriented tasks, right? So for example, my mother loves to quilt and she loves to, it's, she loves all the detail and the precision that's required. I'm not a precision person, right? So my painting is never gonna be precise. <laughs> it just won't be. And I've totally leaned into that and embraced that. And I enjoy that aspect of myself, right? So find out what you are good at naturally and also what feels awkward, difficult, cumbersome. Um, and so for me too, like I would be at the art school and other artists would be working on a huge, massive painting, like a 10 foot tall painting, but they would be working on it all year long. And I'm like, I would get so sick of that thing. I know I would probably most likely just repaint it a million times, you know? So because I like variety, I like a lot of ideas. I like quick quick completions, right? I like quicker wins, right? So so just focusing on that, like what are you naturally good at? Are you a fast painter? Are you a slow painter? Do you need a lot of preparation? Um, do you, um, are you interested in narrative? Are you interested in story or not? You know, I'm also, I don't get interested in narrative. I'm more interested in the experience of creating the painting and the experience with the subject matter in the moment. Like that is what lights me up the most. That's what I enjoy the most. Um, whereas some artists are very interested in telling like um, a narrative or they're very interested in themes in their artwork or very interested in symbolism, right? Um, and also, you know, I one thing I had to come to grips with eventually too because 
it's funny because as a kid I would always draw portraits mostly because that was one of the only art instruction books I had was a portrait drawing book by Walter Foster right um, and so then I chose like a figurative art school to go to and get my degree from and so everybody you know I kind of felt like oh I'm not a real artist if I'm not painting portraits or the nude figure um, and eventually and this just happened about five years ago where I was like I'm not interested in painting portraits like I never would want to be a commissioned portrait artist nothing about that interests me um, and even just painting a portrait for the fun of it it's just not as interesting to me I get more excited more interested in painting a landscape right and finding a scene plein air especially plein air I enjoy the most um, then even studio landscape painting, um, setting, you know, I enjoy the process of like setting up a still life. And I just find that so much more fascinating than studying somebody's face or trying to capture a likeness just doesn't interest me. Right? So again, just paying attention and being honest and being honest with ourselves first, that is the most important part. Okay. So tip number three is find what you like and dislike with the caveat of the most, okay? Um, you may be like me and you like a lot of art. <laughs> Maybe you're a very open person and um, you, you just like a lot of different styles. Like I was in the beginning, I liked a lot of different styles. I liked a lot of different techniques, um, even ranging um, from different media, from you know watercolor to pastel to um, oils and I will say too there is no substitute for actually trying something right because um, out of all of those mediums and even even the medium that you choose is part or even multiple mediums if you choose many is part of your artistic voice so for example I, just because I have bought acrylic paints for my very first art class um, I, I had this thought from my upbringing that like, oh, I spent $200 on these paints. I can't possibly turn around and spend more money on, on um, pastels or on oil paints. And so I was very resistant to that because I felt like I was wasting the money that I had spent on acrylic paints, right? So I spent two years and doing acrylics and only acrylics and resisting trying anything else just because of that $200, what? And I lost two years of experimentation and trying to find the thing that um, I responded best to. I did not respond well to acrylic paint at the time. Okay, so I kind of like pastel. I was terrible at watercolor. Eventually, once I started trying things um, in printmaking, I was good at monotypes, but not like I didn't like doing the lithographs. I really didn't care for printmaking, you know, it was, yeah, it was not my thing. Um, but there was like one type of printmaking that I was good at, which was monotypes, which makes sense because it was very similar to oil painting. Um, but then the first time I used oil paint, I just was like, whoa, like I had like this immediate kind of um, understanding of the material. Um, obviously I had a long way to go in developing my skill, but I had like this connection with that material and it just spoke to me and I really just enjoyed it. Like I enjoyed the juiciness and the butteriness of it. And then once I figured out that it didn't dry so fast as acrylic and I could like move it around or scrape it off and do it again, it was like, oh, Eureka, this is for me because 
um, you know, I would make so many errors, so-called errors, right? Um, and then I loved the ability to blend wet into wet with the oils a la prima. So find what you like the most and dislike the most. I would focus more on what you like the most because sometimes what we dislike can change over the years, but that can be helpful as well. Um, so not only finding the material that materials that you like the most, the process that you respond to best the most, which means you're going to have to try a lot of stuff in the beginning, right? In the early days, uh, just starting out, you're going to have to try a lot of different things. Don't just like stick with the first thing that you discover. That's kind of one of my, my weak spots is like that, like, um, lack of research. Right. Um, so, so I ended up, you know, kind of missing out on two years of like, I could have been experimenting with a lot of different classes, a lot of different teachers, a lot of different styles and techniques to find the things that really um, worked for me. So thank goodness I enrolled in art school, which gave me that exposure to a lot of different processes, a lot of different techniques and different mediums. Um, also, you know, subject matter, like I never really intended to get this in this much into still life. <laughs> yeah, that's kind of, it was a surprise to me. And then what was interesting though, was like later I started thinking about it and I was like, oh yeah, I've always loved arranging things. I used to work for an interior designer was one of my first jobs I really enjoyed. Um, so this is part of that exploring yourself and seeing how the aspects of who you are tie into your art, right? Um, in every way, shape or form from subject matter to material to your process, right? Um, sort of those, those main pillars there. Um, okay. Um, so, so once I started, you know, I was just like constantly doing still life. Um, it was easy for me to find, and I enjoyed the process of finding objects, which is interesting too, because my mom used to collect antiques and I always loved the antiques and I loved the, the history. And I would get so curious about like, oh, wow, this is cool. Like we don't have this thing anymore, which is why there's like a lot of antiques that show up in my paintings today. I still love antiques. Um, I just find them enjoyable and find them fascinating to, to learn about. Right. Um, so, but in the beginning, I just assumed like, oh, I'm going to, because whenever I was a kid, I drew portraits all the time with, in pencil. <laughs> so it's like, I'm probably going to end up being like a portrait artist, like a commissioned portrait artist. You know, I really didn't know. So that would be the other thing I would say too, is just being open, having that openness and that willingness to question and to explore and kind of find the connecting dots along the way. And also just allowing yourself to be you and not um, trying to be like everybody else, right? So even if you find like a great teacher to help you build your skill set or teachers, um, it doesn't mean that you're meant to be just like them. And I'm always telling this to the students in the art life school, like my goal is not for you guys to paint just like me, you know, like I want you to find you, find your voice, find your authentic artistic voice on this journey. Um, because that is really the most enjoyable, um, thing to step into, you know, anytime we're trying to like put a round peg into a square hole or is it the opposite square into a round hole? Anyways, it doesn't work. It just doesn't work. Right? So people who are more evolved and more enlightened, they do what works. They, they don't concern themselves about 
fitting in. They do what's authentic to them and they do what works. Okay, artists, I hope that this has been helpful to you today. If you found this information um, supportive and valuable, then I'm asking you to support me back in return. Make sure that you hit subscribe, hit the notification bell, like this video, follow the podcast, where, wherever you're consuming this or receiving this information today, make sure that you support me back in return in that way. It's a very simple thing to do and it just helps me to reach a bigger audience as well and to be able to support more artists. Also, as always, check out all of the resources that we have for you below. If you're interested in taking advantage of that Finding Your Artistic Voice course, there's a couple different ways you can do that. As I said, you can purchase the course separately, a la carte for lifetime access, or you can join the Art Life School and go through the course with us live um, in mid-February, okay? All right, um, wishing you all so much happiness and success and many blessings in 2023. Happy creating and bye for now.